goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. She is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome to your Friday edition of Bo Snurdy's Rush Hour here on 77 WABC. If you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do, grab your telephone, 800-848-WABC is the number, 848-9222. And of course, as always, lots of news. Let's get started right away. Today is Friday, which means Her Majesty will join us. Princess Di will be on with us. In the very soon future, that's what I say. Let's get started, though, with a cut from the audio soundbite roster today. Fetterman, Mr. Fetterman, who was running in Pennsylvania, that is within our area of dominant influence, that is radio term. In other words, it's in our listening area. Many of you in Pennsylvania, and of course, those of you in Pennsylvania, free to call. Everywhere. We stream worldwide. You can call us from anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country. 800-848-WABC. Mr. Fetterman, who is having some problems, I don't make light of them. The man suffered a stroke. And he's having a difficult time, apparently. Now, his wife, as you know, has gotten upset because an NBC reporter actually exposed that he isn't all together recovered, and there's outrage over that. I mean, how dare you tell the voters of Pennsylvania and the people of America the truth shortly before an election? They don't like that. But there are other races going on in Pennsylvania, and in one of the cities, the biggest, one of the biggest cities in the country, Philadelphia, there's a district attorney Larry Krasner, who's running for office. Now, Mr. Krasner is upset with those of us who continue to talk about what life is like in blue cities around this nation. You can see it, and those of you in New York know that right now New York is a lawless hellhole. Criminals are just brazenly plying their craft And the criminal craft is criminality. And we see all sorts of criminals. They murder at will here in New York. They rape, they plunder. And then the Democrat Party says, it's okay. We don't even want to hold you on bail because holding you on bail is racist. Well, the same thing is happening in Democrat-run cities all over America. Because Democrats, of course with their never-ending quest for what they call social justice, favor the criminals over the law-abiding citizens. And they put the interest of the criminals ahead of your own. The person in Philadelphia that's running for district attorney, Larry Krasner, is upset about that. And let us listen to his remarks. Part of the Republican playbook, as you well know, is to point a finger at large, diverse cities and say large, diverse cities are lawless. Does that remind you of anything? 
You ever heard that before? Those of you in the press are students of history. You're aware of the Southern strategy. What we see here is the same old playbook, which is about coded and racist messaging. It's about blaming the biggest city in Pennsylvania with the most diverse population for having the same national struggle that we have with gun violence everywhere and even having increases that are less than the committee's counties. This news today from the postmillennial.com, breaking news. This happened shortly after the man that wants to be the district attorney of Philadelphia. Fetterman says it's racist to talk about lawless Democrat-run cities. This news broke shortly after he went on that rampage. Breaking news, 13-year-old Philadelphia girl raped on her way to school. The man can be seen in surveillance footage wearing headphones around his neck and a black jacket. The police describe him as in his late teens to early 20s. The Philadelphia Police Department Special Victims Unit is investigating the assault, sexual assault, of a 13-year-old girl who was attacked while making her way to school on Friday morning. Police sources told Fox 29 in Philadelphia that the middle schooler was raped in a parking garage at the intersection of broad and race. Isn't that ironic? Broad and race streets after she got off the train. Sources say the victim had just gotten up to the street level when she was attacked and taken into a garage on Cherry Street by the suspect. Ladies and gentlemen, the location where this girl was raped, this 13-year-old raped in daylight on her way to school this morning, is only two blocks away from Philadelphia City Hall. Two blocks away from City Hall. 13-year-old girl on her way to school raped by one of the predator, criminal, deviant, pervert, savages that Democrats in Philadelphia refuse to lock up and throw away the key. The man can be seen in surveillance footage wearing headphones around his neck, black jacket, Police report described him as a black male, late teens to early 20s, with a quote-unquote dark complexion. He was wearing a black North Face jacket, black sweatpants with white writing on the pant legs, black and white sneakers, and what appears to be beat headphones around his neck. Let us hear Mr. Larry Krasner one more time on the crime problem around diverse, diverse cities. Let us hear what again from the man that wants to be the district attorney in Philadelphia. Roger, Roger. Part of the Republican playbook, as you well know, is to point a finger at large, diverse cities and say large, diverse cities are lawless. Does that remind you of anything? You ever heard that before? Those of you in the press are students of history. You're aware of the Southern strategy. What we see here is the same old playbook, which is about coded and racist messaging. It's about blaming the biggest city in Pennsylvania with the most diverse population for having the same national struggle that we have with gun violence everywhere 
and even having increases that are less than the committee's counties. On Broad Street, which is the main thoroughfare in Pennsylvania, and Race Street, ironically Race Street, after you listen to that diatribe from the man that wants to lead law enforcement activities, or rather the prosecution of criminals in Philadelphia, on Race Street today, hours after he made his accusations that the Republicans who want to talk about the lawlessness in these cities are a bunch of racists, on Race Street in Philadelphia, a 13-year-old girl on her way to school two blocks away from City Hall was raped this morning in broad daylight. Any city that Democrats are running face the same problems. The lawlessness in these Democrat hell holes is out of control. Now, before we go to the break, we've got another long, lengthy piece to play for you. And we're going to play it all. Steve Bannon's reaction. Steve Bannon, as you know or may know, was sentenced to four months today in prison for not showing up to this kangaroo court that the Democrats are running on January 6th. Here's what Steve Bannon said on the street shortly after the sentencing. My direction. Yeah. Hang on. I, I, I want to... <clears throat> by the way, I want to say one thing. I, I respect uh, the judge. The sentence he came down with today is his decision. I fully respect. I've been totally respectful of this entire process uh, on the legal side. I also want to make one other statement before I talk about a broader topic. More than any person in the Trump administration... I testified before the Mueller Commission for more hours. I testified in front of uh, Chair Schiff in the House Intelligence Committee more than any other person in the Trump administration. I, attest- I testified in front of the Senate Intelligence, I think, more than any- all about the issues related uh, to, uh, to Russia Gate, to all of that. Okay? The same process every time. I had lawyers that were engaged. They worked through the issues of privilege, and at that time, I went and testified. And, I, and, and this thing about uh, I'm above the law is an absolute and total lie. Now, more importantly, yep. more importantly, the judge, today was Steve my Bannon judgment this day by the judge, and he stated and for the appeal, and we'll have a very vigorous appeals process. I've got a great legal team, and there'll be multiple areas of appeal. But as that sign says right there, can we have the vote sign? On November 8th, on November 8th, on November 8th, there's going to have judgment on the illegitimate Biden regime. And quite frankly, and quite frankly, Nancy Pelosi and the entire committee. And we know which way that's going. Either we know which way that should go. Out like Liz Cheney, right, or have quit like Kinzinger and other the Democrats. Or they're about to be beaten like Luria and others. Or they will lose their power and become a minority. And Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, Tom's chairman challenges all of it. This is a, this is a, this is democracy. This is democracy. Steve the American Bannon. people are weighing and measuring 
what went on with the Justice Department and how they comported themselves. They're weighing and measuring that right now, and they will vote on November 8th. They will vote. Hang on. They will vote. Hang on. They will. They will know. They will know. They. Can I? This is Steve Bannon this morning, folks. On November outside after he was sentenced to four months judgment and we will groom the Biden administration ends on the eighth evening of the eighth of November. And let me be let me some other thing is that the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, will end up being the first attorney general that's brought up on charges of impeachment and he will be removed from office. Thank you very much. That was Steve Bannon this morning after being sentenced to four months in prison. Now I have one thing to say about this. This is a notice to those of you timid Republicans who are always afraid to fight back when Democrats accuse you of something, who always sit there timidly with your tail between your legs like you're too afraid to fight for your beliefs, fight for your party, and fight for your country. You had better not let this go unanswered. They, they want to throw Steve Bannon in jail for four months? Every single Democrat that even looks or smells like they've done something wrong ought to be brought up for investigations in Congress when Republicans take over the House. And if they refuse, they ought to be held in contempt. And if they're held in contempt, they ought to be brought to trial. Every single one. I don't care whether the list goes to hundreds. I don't care whether the list goes to thousands. Every single Democrat needs to be held accountable, period, the end. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. I have been looking forward to this, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Our beloved majesty. <laughs> the one, the only. And by the way, there's going to be a royal celebration held tomorrow across many provinces, states, hamlets in the United States because our dearly beloved majesty is celebrating another year of life. We'll deal with that tomorrow. In the meantime, your highness, welcome. How are you? Well, thank you. By the way, I just saw that tomorrow is also National Nut Day, so I think we can celebrate that too. I'm so glad you told me that. I'm going to have some fun with some people tomorrow. <laughs> National Nut Day. Oh, just a what coincidence you... that it's my birthday. I yeah. Think. What happens if you have two? Um, okay. Good. <laughs> you sent me an article that was kind of actually a little bit thrilling and stunning this week. Uh, Gen X to Democrats eat my shorts. And this was in American Greatness. And all bases, the basis of this article is the upset, the temper tantrum, little Peter Jennings lingo there, the temper tantrum that some people have following the release of a New York Times poll showing an overwhelming support by Gen Xers for who? 
for Republicans. And I want to just recount briefly how this happened. On the 17th of October, the New York Times ran a typical news story, uh, Republicans gain edge as voters worry about economy. And it was uh, interesting in that the poll showed 49% of likely voters were likely to vote Republican, 45% Democrat. And interestingly enough, in that story, there was a link to the cross tabs. Now, you gave a great master class on polling the other day, and I hope your listeners remember that, the actual breakdown demographically of who was saying what. You usually get the top numbers, the summaries, but you don't get the cross tabs. Well, somebody, and in fact, more than one, ran the cross, cross tabs, and now you're getting these panicked articles on the left that this entire generation known as Gen X, Generation X, which no one has paid attention to since the entire media decided Gen X was a bunch of slackers. No one's written anything about them lately. And it turns right. out they they have turned, while no one was looking, Republican. And so I've read several articles now. The American Greatness was the first that alerted me to this, which was a celebration of how wonderful this is. This is by the wonderful Julie Kelly, who's done some great writing for American Greatness, primarily of the January 6th uh, prisoners. She has done great original reporting. But on this particular, she looked at the cross tabs and saw the amazing statistics of this generation, you're talking basically people born between 1965 and 1980. So now they're in their mid-40s to mid-50s. And of all the generations, even more than the boomers, they prefer Republican to Democrat 60% to 38, Whoa. which is unmatched by any other age group. And Whoa. you go through all the cross taps. Trump has the highest approval rating among this group. 42% of this group said Democrats are a threat to democracy. 50% say Biden is a threat to democracy. And this now proceeded to interest me. I went back. The first um, article, which I had missed somehow, was in May. Politico wrote a piece, How Gen X Became the Trumpiest Generation. So this has been bubbling for a while, and now this is going to affect this coming midterm election. And as you said, a lot of people on Twitter, the blue checks, are furious at Gen X now for turning Republican. And there hasn't been much analysis as to how this happened. Well, uh, how did it happen, Princess as, Well, I have a thought. These were seen as the latchkey kids originally, and then they were seen as slackers. And now all of a sudden, they're voting Republican. And the missing data point in there, I have to say, is Rush Limbaugh. I think that we can credit Rush Limbaugh for having informed this generation who started out as skulls full of mush, and they were the ones who paid attention. This was the pre-internet childhood generation. They listened to the radio. And, and these are the Rush think, babies. Yes, these are the Rush babies, and the 
core listeners age, you're talking, as I said, mid-40s to mid-50s, they spent their formative years listening to Rush as a generation. And so the impact that Rush had on thinking and how people in that generation perceived America, they want, and this is one of the things that they have said, they're knowledgeable, they're informed, they're confident, and they love humor. Now, who does that describe? That is Rush Limbaugh to a T. Let me just mention something else since you bring this up. We use this term Rush Babies. This is a term that came about because what we noticed in the Rush show was that we had a lot of young Listeners, not only not only were they listening, they were calling him. They were yeah. asking him for his advice. They were asking him, "How do I move through?" Remember, you, I'm, you know this. We remember, remember these calls asking him, "How should I uh, uh, respond at work? I'm surrounded by liberals. What should I do at college? I'm surrounded yeah. by liberals. How would you do this?" Rush gave advice to these. He paid attention to them. We had yeah. signs made. Rush babies on board for parents that were calling us, telling us that they had uh, babies on board their cars. That's those little yellow diamonds, not just baby on board. These are Rush babies on board. So drive care. We had all that stuff to actually acknowledge the fact that we had so many young yes. kids listening to Rush. And you hear some of them call here and tell tell us, I grew up listening to Rush. And right now yes. they are becoming they are the generation under the baby boomers. And you said now, overwhelmingly, they're voting. They, they are Republican. This is a Republican generation. Yes, and they know why. They, they are informed. That's the interesting thing. Uh, one of the other studies was from a Columbia study saying that partisan leanings are formed between the ages of 14 to 24. These people came alive in their formative years during the quote-unquote Reagan revolution. And I want to credit Rush Limbaugh for having explained and kept alive the meaning of Ronald Reagan's presidency for decades, because that would have been erased. It would have gone poof if Rush did not carefully explain what we had all lived through and the policies that Reagan implemented, why they were successful. And these kids grew up under those years of stability and national wealth and peace at home and, you know, peace abroad during those years. The wall fell. So this is now gelled into a group of people who understand the world contextually, like Rush explained, and they are now voting hard for Republicans. And this is, you just kind of came up under the radar. The political analysis world didn't realize it until this New York Times uh, cross tabs came out on the 17th of, of October, which is fascinating because now you're going to read a million things. And I, so far, I haven't seen one mention of Russia's impact on this, and he deserves mention. So I'm it's glad up to you to write that piece. To do it. It's up to you to write that piece. And you, you have to write that piece, Diana. Now, I'll tell you something else. I, um, I think that one of the things that you, you just said is so important that Rush kept the Reagan legacy alive. That's why it's so important that we keep the Rush, all of us, that we're Rush fans, that listen to Rush, that understand his impact on American politics, American culture, yes. 
that we not let him be defined by the left, that we have to define what Rush did, not only for broadcasting, but for this country. We have to keep that flame going because this is you cannot leave it up to the school systems. You cannot leave it up to, quote, unquote, educators. This is something we have to do. But his legacy is in these new, newly discovered voters who are carrying on the concern uh, legacy he started. And interestingly enough, there is a Monmouth poll that said that uh, Republicans are gaining 35 points on Democrats among parents. And that, I think, corresponds with this generation. These are people who are now in the serious parental years. Their kids are teenagers. They're affected by what's going on in the world. So I think you have this entire rush legacy of voters who know what time it is, they know what they're looking at, and they know how America should be. Thank you, Rush Limbaugh. Diana, hold on for me. We have a call I want to take with you. We've got to do a break first. I'm going to take this call with both of us on the line. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back right after this as Bo Snurley's Rush Hour continues. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It is. From the Supernatural album. This is my favorite song from Supernatural. It is Why, you ask? Well, number one, yes, it's in Spanish. And so it took me two or three times to start catching the lyrics. And I still have to listen carefully to get them. But he sings about liberty. About the mountain. About the new era that is emerging. This is such a hopeful, beautiful song. Liberty. La Tierra Negra, the black earth. The green. The mountains. a new era. And his playing. Oh, Santana's solos on this record. We have to get too late. We're going to... This is so amazing. He's one of the only guys, the older he gets, the better he gets. Absolutely. The spirit of liberty. I know. Ah, I'm sorry to keep you waiting, Your Majesty. I just love that song so much. <laughs> it's wonderful. Let us go to the telephones. Frederick, you're on with Princess Di, Her Majesty, and I expect you to be uh, a profoundly respectful to Her Majesty. <laughs> and with, with Snurdly, how you doing, Frederick? Good, Bo and Princess Di. Thanks for having me on. Of course, nothing but respect. So, 
uh, listening to you definitely resonating with me. I just want to let you know I am a Gen Xer, born in 73. Um, I am in my mid-40s. I have teenagers. Everything you said is exactly right. I will be voting on November 8th as with the rest of our Gen Xers. We are out there. We saw Reagan get shot. We're, we're with you all the way. Wow. Fred? That is so encouraging and inspiring. And I think it's wonderful to have a voice put to this conceptual statistical information that the news media just discovered. So, yay, keep it up. Thank you, Frederick. We appreciate your call so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, and, and Frederick apparently is just one of 60%. Now, let me just say one thing, and I will close with Princess Di with this. Uh, the, the midterm elections are not coming. Ladies and gentlemen, they're here. Early mm-hmm. voting has begun. The midterm elections are here right now. Now, typically what Democrats like to do is load up these ballot uh, uh, boxes that they've got strewn around the country, and they like to get their absentee ballots in, signature and no signature. They like to uh, They like to do as much as they can to try to build up an insurmountable lead during early voting. Don't let it happen. Keep careful watch of these people. I don't say intimidate, and I'm not encouraging voter intimidation. We had a story yesterday. Some people felt threatened being followed after they dropped off ballot. Look, I understand that. I wouldn't want to be followed. But at the same time, there are people who this time around are not sitting on their butts. They are watching what is going on. And so I think it is prudent for people that are concerned about elections to be participants. Yes, watch. Yes, if you can, volunteer at your polling locations. The midterm elections are happening right now. Diana, let me just ask you this before we let you go, Princess Di. What is your take so far still? Is it still hold on where you think the uh, this is going to end up, these midterm elections? I think it's building even greater. It just You can just feel it. You know, you and I used to talk about the disturbance in the force and how you could just tell by the energy. You've got the entire media in a panic. They're despondent and down in the dumps. And then you have our side, which is excited and can't wait to go to the polls. And I agree with you. I think that is going to be key. We tend to, on our side, vote on Election Day. And I don't think they can prepare for the numbers of this wave that's coming on November 8th. Thank you, Princess Di. We'll look forward to catching up with you tomorrow morning on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. And, of course, we'll be celebrating the birth of Her <laughs> Majesty tomorrow as well. <laughs> Thank you, Sir James. <laughs> Thank you, Princess Di, ladies and gentlemen. Now, yesterday I mentioned that we wanted to play a Ron DeSantis cut. Let me just explain this cut for you. There are stories abound, and you may be, if you have children in school, aware of this. There are all sorts of rumors circulating that the Center for Disease Control and Prevention will mandate that your children going to school now have to include COVID vaccinations as part of the inoculations that are mandated. That has many parents upset. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, addressed that this week, at least what's going to happen in his state. want you to take a listen to that. Go ahead and fire it off. Oh, okay. Well, we're still waiting for that one. 
we'll have it in a moment. But Ron DeSantis was asked about it, and this is what he had to uh, say about it. There's been a lot of questions uh, to our office about uh, the CDC protect- uh, potentially adding COVID vaccine to the childhood immunization schedule. And I know a lot of parents are concerned about that because if that's on the immunization schedule, the fear is that schools could potentially mandate your child to get a COVID shot, even if that's not something that you want to do. So I just want to let everyone be clear, you know, as long as I'm around and as long as I'm kicking and screaming, uh, there will be no COVID shot mandates for your kids. That is your decision. That is your decision to make as a parent. Uh, these are our new shots. I get a kick out of when people kind of compare it to MMR and stuff, things that have been around for decades and decades. Uh, so parents, by and large, most parents in Florida have opted against uh, doing these booster shots uh, for their, particularly for the young kids. The Surgeon General of Florida does not recommend this for young kids, for kids under under 18. Uh, and basically, his reason for that, there's not really been a proven benefit for that. I mean, we can get into some of the potential side effects. You don't even really need to do that. Not been a proven benefit. But it's a free state. Parents can make the other decision if that's what they want. The important thing is, is that school districts are not mandating this choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one other thing I'd like to get to. By the way, telephone numbers, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC. We are going to do rapid phones. We're going to do some phone calls when we get back from our next break. But I just want to also bring to your attention, today was a day that this kangaroo court, this 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 partisan hack job that was put in place by Nancy Pelosi, the January 6th committee, with Democrat slash Rhino Liz Cheney and Adam Kinziger, outgoing Vice Chair Liz Cheney, issued their full subpoena to former President Trump. They detail 19 areas of inquiry that they wish to discuss with him. They're asking him to appear for a deposition on November 14th. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. That is not going to happen. Not going to happen. The the Trump administration has already said they're going to fight it. They're not going to deal with it. So good. I just want to remind everybody, when Republicans, if Republicans take the House as expected, do not forget this. Every single one of these breaches on the law, and on the fairness of law that these Democrats have thrown out the window. Every single one needs to be answered back in kind with actual, true, valid investigation and, if necessary, contempt charges when Democrats are gone from power. 
and that should happen very shortly. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurb, here with you on WABC. Coming back, we're going to get to your calls right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Stylistics. Tom Bell. Producing You Are Everything, Everything Is You. Russell Tompkins Jr. Lead. Look just like you. to remind you of before we head to the telephones. First, on October 26, 10 a.m., we're going to remember the life of our 77 WABC colleague, the late, great Bernard McGurk, with a special mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral. All are invited. For more information and to watch the service stream live, head over to WABCradio.com. If you plan on attending the service in person, please, please email us at rsvp at wabcradio.com. Second thing, on the 28th, that's also next week, our good friends over at Ramsey Mazda and WABC are going to present for a full day our show of support for the law enforcement members, not just in New York, but across the country. It is a day where we're going to honor the blue back to blue. Ramsey Mazda WABC day-long celebration, recognition of the work that our law enforcement officers provide for us around the country, a day we back the blue. That's coming up on October 28th. Let's head to the telephones. Andrew in New Jersey, thank you for waiting. How are you, Andrew? There's no way is he in the lead. I worked with the Fox 56 in Wilkes-Barre, Granton area. He's one of the most unpopular candidates in history, so that's definitely a fraudulent poll. And the man who said, uh, oh, it's, uh, you know, dog whistling, it's racist, uh, the diverse cities, no, it's the opposite. What is racist is not to patrol the black cities, not to bring down crime and mostly urban black areas. That's what Martin Luther King said. And, of course, he was right. He was not racist. He was right. And thank you for that call. This is in response, ladies and gentlemen. I want to play it one more time since he brought it up. We opened the show with the gentleman that wants to become the district attorney of Philadelphia. And this is what 
he had Larry uh, Krasner. This is what he Krasner, This is what he had to say. Part of the Republican playbook, as you well know, is to point a finger at large, diverse cities and say large, diverse cities are lawless. Does that remind you of anything? You ever heard that before? Those of you in the press are students of history. You're aware of the Southern strategy. What we see here is the same old playbook, which is about coded and racist messaging. It's about blaming the biggest city in Pennsylvania with the most diverse population for having the same national struggle that we have with gun violence everywhere and even having increases that are less than the committee's counties. And I will remind you again that within minutes of him blaming Republicans who talk about the lawlessness, the out-of-control lawlessness that is happening in American cities, within minutes of him trying to say that it's racist to talk about this lawlessness, a young girl on her way to school was raped, 13 years old she is, raped two blocks away from City Hall in broad daylight in Philadelphia. It is on Race Street of all streets, on Broad and Race Street. It is not racist to talk about the way that Democrats have failed their citizens in their cities time after time with their lawlessness and by letting criminals out to roam the streets. 13-year-old girl, her life will never be the same. Two blocks away from City Hall, pulled into a garage and raped on her way to school. Within minutes of this clown trying to say it's racist to talk about the out-of-control criminals that roam blue city after blue city after blue city in America. Thank you for the call. Let us go to Stella in Westchester. How are you, Stella? Welcome. Hey, Stella, I'm going to have to put you on hold. we got so much static on the line, it's hard to hear from you. If we can't get you today, we'll try to get you tomorrow. So, But we got to get a better phone line for you. I'm sorry about that, sweetheart. Let's go to Jeff in Long Island. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing good, though. Thank you. What is on your mind, Jeff? Okay, I just wanted to talk about the Herschel Walker, uh, what I call hypocrisy, okay, that I don't know the – truth behind the accusations of his uh, paying for an abortion, but I just do find it hypocritical that these so-called Democrats who want their uh, right to choice for an abortion and even praise having an abortion are going to attack this man now for having an abortion, if he even did or if he paid for it, not for him. But I just find it a little hypocritical that, you know, that it's good for because them to they... when they want it. and. Mm-hmm. Because they know that that supposedly was meant their October surprise to hurt him with conservative voters. Look, Herschel Walker did something that none of them expected. He showed up to the debate, the single debate, and he cleaned Ralph Warnock's, Raphael Warnock's, cleaned his clock. And so now what they've resorted resorted to, uh, 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 Charles Blowhard in the uh, New York Times says, Mr. Blow says, oh, he just butchered the English language. Well, look, Herschel Walker is not the greatest orator you're going to hear in your life, but you know what he does? He talks from his heart, and what he says makes sense, despite his, how shall we say, inelegant use of the English language, and that's what counts. People understand where he's coming from. So thank you for that. Yeah, it's hypocrisy, but that's who Democrats are, hypocrites. Let us go to John in Brooklyn, New York. John, how are you? Well, thank you for taking my call. 
Listen, my hat goes off to you a uh, hundred times for bringing up the subject about vaccines. Not too many people are talking about it. And the more you bring it up, the better. Um, second thing concerning vaccines, um, I'd like to thank you for bringing on Ron DeSantis speaking about it. And there are other people who also speak about it, like um, John F. Kennedy, um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, what would you think about putting together a, a CD with all these people who talk negatively about vaccines and you know, maybe selling them or just mailing them out to people who are curious to find out about it. It's an interesting thought. I don't think we have to do it with CD anymore. I think we can just do a podcast, and I think that that's kind of overdue. So let me put that in the hopper of things to think about, John. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Folks, Katsimatidis is up next. John Katsimatidis, of course, Cats at Night, and as he is every day on his incredible show that continues to grow and take New York by storm, and, of course, John and Margot Katsimatidis, without them, this station wouldn't be. So we thank them. We'll be back in the morning, bright and early, 7 a.m., for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Hope you're here with us. Special shout-out to Jim Robinson. Get well soon, buddy. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Enjoy. Bye. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.